from the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. It's your boy, Greg. And it's Tyler. And we are back at it again. We missed you guys. We missed you guys. We missed you guys. How many times can I say that, Tyler? I think a couple more times. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely believe that. It's been so long. But guess what, guys? Champions League football is back. And better than ever, we already had the first group of the round of 16, the first four matches of the round of 16 that took place just past uh, last week, Tuesday and Wednesday. And boy, were they phenomenal. Yeah, and it's... Uh, it's definitely a case of why they play the games. I, I know on a couple of these, Greg and I had written off a couple of these teams as in trouble, and uh, they, they definitely came back with a vengeance to prove that, uh, at least for right now, we were wrong. We were wrong, and I'm glad that we didn't go into the betting pools and start to throw our money away, our life savings for uh, any future pets or kids that we might be interested in, in, in having. Uh, they will still survive because we did not bet on these games at all. So I just want to start off with our first group matchups, which will be the Tuesday matchups. Uh, Leipzig versus Liverpool. Leipzig suffering a 2-0 defeat to the, to the feet of the Liverpool players. Um, one thing comes to mind when it comes to this matchup. M- manager mistakes. Leipzig was for me, at least, the, based on my eye test, Leipzig was playing a pretty solid game. The defense was really strong on either, on either side of the ball, um, on either side of the field, I should say, where Leipzig was defending really well. They were playing some really strong attacking football. Uh, there were some opportunities that I saw that took place, and, and it was just, they were mistakes in, in terms of like, you know, some of them were obvious human errors, and then others were just a lack of luck. But the, the two goals that occurred within the game from Liverpool came at the 53rd minute and the 58th minute, one where Mo Salah leaves the defender behind, an overpush by uh, Sabitza that went straight into Mo Salah's uh, possession in which he was able to clench an easy goal. That was the first goal. And five minutes later, we saw a horrible loss of control from an overhead ball to the defense that uh, Mane was able to retrieve and run in and have himself a tap in as well. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Well, you definitely don't want to give uh, give Mane open space like that. The dude is so fast, mm-hmm. so fast, and you you don't want to you just don't want to let him go. I, I will say, you know, on on top of the mistakes, which I, I think uh, were terrible. Uh, you know, Sabitzer had the had the terrible pass. But also Klosterman fell. He lost his footing, which allowed Salah to break away and get that first goal. And then uh, up in Makamo, or mm-hmm. was it M- Mukieli that, that messed up in the back? It was up in Makano. Okay. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell who it was, but I mean, you, you learn how to play that type of ball when you're a little kid, uh, you know, growing up. And I, I think it was just, I, I get what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... I, I don't think you try that uh, in 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 that type of position that just leaves you that wide open. Correct, and and it's obvious that like you you definitely have to take into account where you are on the field. Now, obviously, you want to be able to. Now that let me let me not say that it was an easy 
uh, situation for Upper McConnell to be in. However, if you're going for a control ball like that, you have to recognize that you are the last man back and your second center back is so far away from you. He's at least, you know, 20 yards, 25 yards away from you and would not be able to catch Mane on a breakaway like that. So when it came to his options, it's either he could have pushed it back for the goalkeeper to possibly retrieve it. Although when you got uh, Mane, that's what I'm saying. Mane, if Mane touched the ball first, the defense would have been wide open anyway, but you prefer to have that versus uh, to, to trap the ball before Mane, miss it, and then not stay on your feet. That was the main issue when it came to that uh, control in the back. A lot of people would think that it looked like a clearance. To me, it looked more as if he was trying to get his foot to the ball before Mane and just had a misstep and hit the ground, not running, but falling, rolling, turning, tumbling, whatever adjective you want to use for what, what happened to him. Um, and it just left the defense wide open. So, you know, obviously these, these uh, defensive blunders were crucial to the game, but I think equally is crucial. And I, I, th- I think I'm going to talk about it here. And um, I think we can talk about it later when we get to the Sevilla Dortmund game. I think that Leipzig didn't capitalize on a lot of early opportunities to change the game mm-hmm. and change it early. Uh, they're about four or five minutes into the game. Uh, Danny Olmo had a header that beat Allison, but bounced off the post. And um, not only did that go not go in, but there was also nobody there to follow up. There was nobody there to to basically clean up the clean up, be the garbage man, clean up the garbage. Mm-hmm. And you know that scoring early like that really has a way of throwing off a team, especially a team like Liverpool, because you that's when you start seeing them make more and more mistakes. The longer you let Liverpool stay in a game, the more chances that they have to beat you because they're just that talented. You want to disarm and take take a team uh, down a notch like that early. Uh, the same thing uh, in Cuckoo had a chance to score a goal early and beat Allison, but Allison got a, got a hand on the ball. Uh, not the best shot from him, but he had a, a pretty good chance. And even uh, late in the game when it was already 2-0, Angelino had a, had a great chance to, uh, to score a couple goals, actually. One he put way wide and another he shot right to Allison. So like uh, on top of those mistakes, uh, two huge mis- defensive mistakes, uh, you just didn't have a Leipzig team who, despite playing pretty well, was not able to capitalize early enough and make an impact on the game. And I also think it's uh, very important to point out uh, Leipzig didn't have one of its game-changing players for this game, Emil Forsberg. Forsberg was injured. Uh, If you've watched Leipzig in the tournament uh, before this, Forsberg was involved in everything. He was taking shots. He was passing the ball. You know, you've, I mean, I think he maybe scored one goal in the the round of uh, the round uh, the group stage before this, but he was so instrumental in getting other people the ball and being the facilitator and you know moving the ball around. So not having him also really hurt Leipzig. But you know, Liverpool bounced back. They've they've pretty much written off their chances of winning the uh, and retaining the title in the Premier League. Uh, so. I honestly thought that they were toast coming into this game and they, they proved me wrong. 
Well, absolutely. I, I definitely see them going for the Champions League more than they would for the Premier League. But, you know, the response that they will always say is that, hey, you know, we have to we have to try and get everything that we can. But we all know sometimes in life that's not completely possible. Anyway, Leipzig will have another opportunity to take on Liverpool in Anfield in the next couple of weeks um, as they go up into the second leg of the Champions League. Which doesn't seem uh, always lost for Leipzig. Uh, Liverpool has been vulnerable at Anfield. Uh, they, after their record-setting run of home wins there, they lost three straight. So, <laughs> again, Liverpool was hurting before this. Um, they got destroyed by Man City. They, they just hadn't been playing well. They, I, I think that they needed this for their confidence, but uh, they're definitely beatable at Anfield. Absolutely. Speaking of beatable, I move on to my <laughs> next my next uh, group matchup, which is Barcelona versus PSG. Now, Barcelona has suffered another humiliating, which seems to be the 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 theme of this year's Barcelona team. Humiliating loss to PSG four to one. Now, the the one thing that I could say about this game is that it should have been four zero or possibly five one uh, based on the play that I saw. The penalty was not deserved by Barcelona, but they were all but they were able to capitalize on that. But the reason which they weren't able to capitalize on the game itself is because they did not deserve the penalty goal that they received. Even though Messi's uh, shot was well deserved, it, Barcelona's play was disjointed and unimaginative, uh, to say the least. Now I've heard a lot on social media that Griezmann's efforts were a sign of him playing well, but I absolutely believe that his play was atrocious. The perfect example of this was 35 minutes in when Griezmann gets a breakaway with Dembele flanking on the right wing. Uh, Griezmann takes it all for himself, which then surrounds him and pressures him with four PSG defenders on him, while Dembele had a clear-cut line to the goal. That could have sparked some inspiration into the team. Messi was nowhere to be found, and... This this is not what I, I, I expect to see from my team in Barcelona. But on the opposite side, PSG's play was phenomenal. A lot of one-two touches, flicks and tricks. Uh, Mbappe showing off his amazing ball control skill within the 18-yard the and 6-yard box uh, to score himself a hat-trick, which was amazing nonetheless. And what can I say? This does not look good for Barcelona. This was a uh, humiliating home loss for Barcelona. I'm glad you brought up uh, Griezmann, especially that uh, Dembele play. You know, the, I think people write that one off because his shot actually was pretty close. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, okay, well, he still made a good effort. But uh, I mean, you even watched it in Dembele's body language once he realized Griezmann wasn't going to pass him the ball. He just stopped. He, he mm -hmm. was just like, I'm... I'm not, I'm not touching this. Yeah. Um, I mean, and granted the, the couple shots that Dembele got were not, were, were, yeah, great. they were, mm. um, mm. to, uh, to play devil's advocate on that one. Um, but I, I definitely think he would have gotten a better shot than, uh, the one that Griezmann ultimately ended up getting. And speaking of cleaning up the garbage, Mbappe was always in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Which, Brings me to my next point, which you can argue with me on this one or not. I, I'm very interested to see what you think about this. I think it's easy to look at the score and blame the keeper. 
Oh, I never did. I never did. I I think Ter Stegen played well. He played fan. He he was to me. He was the MVP of the Barcelona team. The the back line let him down. Oh my goodness! Don't let me get. I did terrible. So so I wanted to put so much more notes in the docs when it came to this game. But I needed to restrain my thoughts and to, and for respect of time, for respect of your time at home, guys, <laughs> I, because this whole podcast could have been about the, the, the debacle in which we call the Barcelona team right now. But I'm trying to be very, what, what's, what's the word, Tyler? What's Restrained. the word? Uh, or objective. I'm trying to be objective <laughs> when it comes to my view on this game. But yes, it was like they... There were so many times where I saw the defense break down. The attention was drawn to this player leaving this side of the field open. There was no, there was no, uh, there was no ball trapping that was taking place within that back four, and they were dismantled multiple times. I don't know what was going on. PK for many plays, I saw him standing still, falling asleep. Def- this was the thing that used to piss my coach off the most. Don't fall asleep in the back. Don't ball watch. This is not the NBA. The NBA, you could take a shot and ball watch it. You don't have to hustle back. The court is short. In football, you do not ball watch. You do not sit and watch the play develop. You have to anticipate. You have to communicate and be in the positions that you need to be in in order to effectively gather the ball back and give it back to your forwards. None of this took place. I don't even know... After I watched that game, because that you know that, that was one of the games that I watched live. After I watched that game, I could not believe what I was seeing on the screen. Could not believe that that was the Barcelona that I fell in love with so many years ago. Well, and I, I think that that was most evident. And I, I think I texted you when this happened. Why was nobody guarding Moise Keen? Yeah, yeah. On that third who had a phenomenal to, game to 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 set this up. If you didn't watch the game, uh, it was on a set play. Uh, free kick into the box. Everyone was running in, watching the ball. Moise Keen was left wide open and he headed it right past, uncontested past Ter Stegen. Why was he not marked? That when, when you're in that, in that scrum, and I, I remember this from when I played, you always called out, at least the, the way that I was taught, you always called out the number that you were marking. Mm-hmm whether you were next to him or not, or, you know, you, depending on where you were set up, you always called your number. So everyone knew that you were marking. So if that person scored, you knew who messed up. Right. And nobody called his number. Mm-hmm. It was insanity. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand it. It, it I, was disappointing to say the least, but we're, we're not here to, to, to completely we're not going to deep dive into these guys we have we have our time limit we have to um we have to we have to move on to the other games but yes we do agree barcelona's level of play has not been great the the defense is not giving enough energy to the midfield which is not giving enough energy to the to the offense although i should say i'll give griezmann this he has the most amount of energy on the team right now how it's being channeled is just and 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 we'll get there. At least you, I, I at least think you guys had more energy than uh, a team we're going to talk about uh, here here in a little bit. <laughs> um, 
Well, one one last dig at, at your team. This was also without Na- this was also without Neymar. Yeah, which which strangely enough, I think we would have done better if he was on the field. And I'll tell but, you why. But still, yeah, just, just to put that out there, no Neymar in this one. No, no Neymar in that one. But I, I, I would I would in the next two weeks when Barcelona is away from from home, when when they're in Paris. We will see what happens there. They now, just to give you guys a little bit of, of 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 history, Barcelona has been down like this before, at the hands of PSG and has been able to come back. This year, I am highly doubtful that this will happen. One, it's very early in the competition. Two, their level of play has not. It, unlike the team that we're, that I'm going to talk about next. Um, has not been been you know a jackal and hide situation. It's been quite consistently bad, um, and there's a lot of drama that's going on in the club right now that cannot be resolved in the middle of the season. So, without further ado, I'm gonna step off of Tuesday and step into Wednesday's matchups. First matchup that we have, we're gonna stay in Spain. Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund. Now, Sevilla suffered a two a three two loss or I should say 2-3 loss to Borussia Dortmund. Um, it's a very easy game to watch. Honestly, not very many challenges in the earlies with Sevilla striking first, a beautiful touch uh, uh, off of Hummels to make it 1-0. Um, that uh, then, which was, it was a beautiful strike, came off of Hummels into, from Suso into Hummels that landed in the back of Borussia's net. Um, no fault to Hummels. He was just trying to clear the ball um, and was not really in a bad position. It was a beautifully hit ball. Um, but then that woke up Thor. <laughs> My guy, uh, Borussia Dortmund strikes back, scoring all three of their goals in the first half, um, which was the last set of goal scoring that they had for the rest of the game, which means that Sevilla also playing in the same formation that Borussia did in the 4-3-3, uh, both attacking, had great opportunities throughout Sevilla was able to come back and square it off at 2-3 um, with a lot of cards happening um, at the end of the game, even one going to the, um, to the manager. And, and it was, you know, it got scrappy at the end. I think that there was a, um, there was a mindset that it's a do or die situation and there were only one goal down in their house. Um, but Borussia moves out of this leg with the advantage. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Remember when we were worried about uh, Dortmund? <laughs> uh, I, I think they put a lot of fears to to rest, at least in 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 how they uh, are coming into this competition. Ho- Holland just looked incredible in this mm-hmm. game. He he brought a lot of energy. Both of his goals were off of one touches that are difficult to begin with. And they're just very well-placed shots. Um, I think it says a lot for the team because, like, like I said in the uh, the Liverpool-Leipzig uh, game, you know, Leipzig didn't capitalize on some early opportunities. Sevilla did. Sevilla mm-hmm. scored first. And, uh, you know, the, the opposite of what I talked about, you know, could have been for that Leipzig-Liverpool game happened here, mm-hmm. where Sevilla, instead of capitalizing on it, allowed Dortmund to kind of wake up as, yeah. as Greg said, like 
Thor woke up and mm-hmm. scored a couple great goals. And uh, I, I think that says a lot about Dortmund, even though it was kind of disappointing that they didn't score again, not without their chances, but uh, you know, I, I, I think that they, they got uh three important goals away goals uh heading back to uh to germany Mm -hmm. and it should be an interesting game um back there i do think that we have seen a little bit of a preview as to as to what's to come because sevilla is a very scrappy team we've seen that with them before but when you wake up thor things are that he's about to bring the hammer down now unlike thor Another team decided not to wake up this week um, on Wednesday. At all. And, at all. <laughs> and we'll step into that um, going into that Porto versus Juventus game where Porto was able to defeat Juventus 2-1, to one, which was anything short of a disaster from the Italian Giants. One mess of a game for them, honestly. They seem as though they were still in the hotel room long after the whistle blew and Porto capitalized on their absence. The first goal came was the first goal came within the first minute of the game due to a game of footsie between uh, Bentancur and his keeper, which I always when I saw this, the first thing that came to mind. So Tyler, what is the first rule of football in defense? You tell me, do not pass the ball in front of your own goal. That's how I learned this when, when, I was a, when I was a little boy. I was seven or eight years old. It is, it is a fundamental rule for a reason, and we saw why this was such a mess. Now, respect, Betancourt is no defender, but you learn that as a kid. That is the first thing that you learn when you're passing the ball. When you learn the, the, the schematics of the game, you do not pass the ball in front of your goal no matter if he couldn't pass it harder because that then he may have gotten an own goal you just don't do that you don't do that you don't nonchalantly swing the ball back to your goalkeeper and expect him to have some level of control he did not even uh, i believe it's chesney right chesney did not even have an opportunity to touch the ball before it went into the back of the net i think that he he thought that he had a hand on it after it got kicked, and when he looked back, he saw it in, uh, rolling off the onion bag. And then what is he to do? It is what it is. He couldn't do anything more than that. So, uh, and I'll let Tyler get into the rest of the game. However, this was this first minute of football was the representation of the entire game. And honestly, the scoreline looks a lot closer than the game actually was. I think that Porto has some opportunities that they also missed on. Um, but Juventus was asleep the entire game. Yeah. And, and it's the, that first minute of the game, it was one of those like blink and you miss it type things. Like it could have been like, I, I almost missed it. Cause I was, uh, this was one of the games I actually got to watch live and I was reaching to get a drink. So I was kind of like off to the side, you know, like looking off to the side and kind of casually glancing back to, to get a drink. And the, the, the goal was scored. And the blame definitely lies a lot more on uh, Ben Cantor than it does Chesney. But I think they both know better than, than to have that happen, especially, uh, you know, a keeper of Chesney's caliber. Mm-hmm. And then basically a minute into the second half, 
it, it was like Juventus didn't even come out of the locker room and Porto went down and scored again. Mm-hmm. And Greg's right. Juventus was lucky to get a goal yep. and make this 2-1. Like it, it they, they were so thoroughly outplayed and, you know, stuff happened in this game, but I, I mean, it wasn't exciting. No, I, 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 I was kind of bummed that this was the one game that I actually got to watch live. Um, just, just because it was, I was so disappointed in almost both teams like Porto made the most of the opportunities that they were given. I can't really fault them, but they didn't really do anything else outside of that. That was necessarily no. exciting. And, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, press being talked about with the way that Ronaldo kind of reacted after the, the game. He was very frustrated about a call that wasn't called that might have given them a chance at a penalty and things like that. It wasn't. No. I, I think he was just more angry at the way that the team ended up playing. I think it was a lot of frustration. And honestly, Pirlo was outcoached. Yeah. Most Pirlo definitely. was outcoached. And my question for him, and it was a question that uh, the commentators were asking throughout the game was, why wasn't Morata starting? Where mm-hmm. was Morata? What, why they, they were expecting him to get subbed in at halftime, wasn't subbed in then. He, I think he came in like 60 or 70 minutes into the game. Why, why was a, a player who can breathe life into the game not put in until close to the end? Yeah as kind of like an afterthought. I, I definitely think that that's a change that uh, he's going to make when they, uh, when they go back home to try to get through this, but they're, they're lucky. They got one goal. You know, when, when Greg and I were setting up this game a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the, the team runs through Ronaldo, but he, the, the whole team just didn't show up. It wasn't just Ronaldo. It was everyone. They, I think that they were looking to coast. They have a big game against uh AC Milan this uh, no it's Inter they have a game against Inter this weekend uh, that I think that they were probably looking past because that's a big game for them in the Serie A and I I don't think that they were as concerned about this game as they needed to be and I I think that that uh, a lot of questions need to start being asked of Pirlo yeah and I I definitely could see them trying to hold out but that my my thing is if you don't think that this this would be my question to Pirlo if you don't think that your that your first team is going to come out and give you the effort or you don't expect them to come out and give you the effort that you that you want play some of your younger players those guys are hungry for wins those guys are hungry to play hard and would not be making the type of mistakes that that you, we saw from uh from Bentancur early in the game and definitely not the types of mistakes we saw throughout the game. Now, after around the 65th minute, uh, they were taking shots like crazy from um, outside, closer to 30 yards out, um, which were going any which way, all around the post on the wrong side. That wasn't the way to play. But once, like you said, once Murata entered into the, into the game, which was around the 63rd minute, they started to kind of hunker down and hustle down and try and get this, this game back. But they definitely underestimated Porto. And that is no bueno when it comes to the champions league, they will see these guys again in the next two weeks back in Juventus um, for their home game against Porto Porto, obviously coming in 
with the advantage. And if they score in Juventus, then we then we'll see Juventus exit the Champions League. Now, next week's matchups, we have the second half of the round of 16 first leg. So, guys, if you want to come and watch these games, you can watch these games. They're played on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Now, these games are the, the Tuesday games are played simultaneously. So you have to pick one. And this is hopefully where Tyler and I can help you with some um, match analysis and some of our predictions. Yes, we're betting on these guys, not with money because we don't have it, but with our pride and self-esteem. Tyler, you ready to put some pride and self-esteem down? Let's do it. Let's put some pride and self-esteem down. So first off with our matchup, we have Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. Now, in all-time results, when it comes down to Chelsea and Atletico going up, Chelsea have been the winners more times than not, winning two um, to Atletico's one with three draws in between them. Atletico have never beaten Chelsea in their own house, um, which is surprising, but they're going to be at home now um, versus Chelsea, and I, I would definitely like to see what happens today before they go off to, to, to the bridge. Now, some key notable inactives. We have Hector Herrera and Musa Dembele, both out from uh, COVID-19. And Carrasco is out with a foot injury with uh, Thomas uh, Lamar, who is out as well for Atletico. However, Suarez is still there. Um, Jao Felix is still there. And those are my two guys that I would bet on when it comes to securing a victory for Atletico Madrid. Um, Chelsea also has some issues when it comes to injuries, key injuries being um, Thiago Silva and uh, Tammy Abraham, uh, both with thigh problems and ankle injuries. Tyler, what is what are your thoughts on this next matchup? I'm actually very excited about this because Chelsea's kind of woken up and kind of figured out their identity under uh, new coach Thomas Tuchel, uh, who just left uh, PSG. Mm-hmm. And by left, I mean he was fired. <laughs> sacked. He got sacked, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, I know we've mentioned it on the past couple of shows, but still worth putting out there. I, I think for Chelsea... Uh, you know, as good as Thiago Silva is at anchoring that back line, I think actually not having Tammy Abraham is going to hurt them more. More, mm-hmm. uh, He's a spark that comes off the bench. He's a very, very gifted player. It uh, means that they're going to have to rely on uh, Giroud mm-hmm. uh, to lead the front of that line with uh, Werner as, as well. Atletico is missing some big players. They're yeah. missing some big players, uh, which you know, might not hurt them as much at home as it might away. Uh, but we'll see. I, I think that we're about ready to see two powerhouses. Uh, right now, uh, Atletico leads uh, the La Liga. And uh, Chelsea sits in fourth in the Premier League, having climbed their way back in to that. Great game. I, I, I can't say enough. I Honestly, I think it's going to come down to how many away goals are given away. I think mm-hmm. the whole team's always going to win uh, for both of these uh, hard-fought games. I don't think that there's uh, necessarily going to be a lot of scoring, maybe like a 2-1 or something like that. But yeah, it just depends on who gets the, the, the most away goals. So I'm actually going to go with history on this one, Tyler. I'm, I'm going to give the game to Chelsea. I'm going to say that even though I do like, I, I like the duo 
Um, I like Jao Felix a lot. I like what Suarez is doing over there, even though to the detriment of my own club. But I will say that history has a way of repeating itself. I think this is going to come away as a one to two Chelsea in favor, getting the two the two goals. I think that that's a a fair prediction, Greg. I I, I think I'm also going to slightly lean towards Chelsea as well. I think that they actually uh, leave Atletico tied. And I think uh, Chelsea ends up taking it at home. Interesting. Wow. All right. All right. So next up, guys, we have Lazio versus the German Giants in Bayern Munich. So Lazio and Bayern Munich have never had the privilege of meeting in the Champions League before, but this would be a match to remember. Now, uh, uh, Simone Zaghi has a very hard challenge going up against these guys. These guys are not easy to beat. We know that they're beatable. But they're not easy to beat, which is why they're termed as the German Giants. The key player, uh, the key players for this game would be Sir, uh, Sergei Milinovic, who's a center midfielder and uh, will be instrumental for Lazio when it comes to um, him changing this game in, ter- in, in Lazio's favor. He has appeared in five of the Champions League games and has had one assist. But we cannot look over Joshua Kimmich, the defensive midfielder who is clearly one of the best players on Bayern Munich, so young, um, and is the catalyst for success um, for, for this encounter. He's seen three uh, Champions League games this season with one goal and three assists. He is definitely the one moving the ball around. Um, we have key inactives from Lazio, but one that really strikes out to me will be uh, Luis Felipe, with an, with, who's going through ankle surgery, so he's not going to be back anytime soon. And Bayern Munich has a few as well. One which you know, a couple which you would know would be uh, Thomas Muller, uh, who has COVID. So we'll see what happens next week. Um, Douglas Costa with a hairline crack on his foot. We have uh, Serge Gnabry um, with a pulled hamstring and Tuliso with a torn tendon. Tyler, what do you say? What says you? Team is, you can't, Team is not one player, and we have a couple of players here from Bayern Munich that are out. Well, I definitely think it helps them having uh, Kimmich back uh, from injury. Uh, you know, he did make uh, three appearances, but he got hurt in that last appearance, a pretty horrific injury. So it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, good to see him back uh, to compete for Bayern, especially with all these other uh, players out. Lazio is a tough team to get a read on because, you know, as, as good as Malinkovic. Uh, why is his last name so hard to say? <laughs> Milinkovic Savage. Milinkovic Savage. You know, as good as he is, I think Lazio. I, I don't know. They were just so up and down in in the group stage. It's it's hard to it's hard to really pinpoint. They're they're having a you know they're not playing well in the, the Serie A. They're down to seventh uh, in that uh, in that competition. You know, you you just want to see more people like Immobile step up. You want to see Lazari step up. I don't know. The, I, it, this is this is a hard team to get a read on, but I I, I think Bayern's too tough. I I think that they they take this game in Italy probably pretty convincingly, maybe three nothing, three one, and then they can kind of coast at home. I, I think they they get through uh, Lazio pretty easily. But you know, I again, that's why they play the games. I, that's. The, the, there's a part of me that hopes that I'm wrong, but I, I don't see this going well for Lazio. No, 
not at all. Um, however, I'm still going to call it a close game. It's not going to be a wide gap. They're not going to get blown out like how uh, Barcelona got blown out uh, last year, a couple of years ago, or however long ago it was. I blanked it out of my memory. Um, Tyler, I do say that this is going to come down to a one to three in Bayern Munich's favor. Bayern Munich coming away with three goals to one against Lazio. Wednesday's matchups, guys. We have Wednesday's matchups. Going to start off bright and early with Mönchengladbach versus Man City. Now, these two have met in the Champions League before, and out of the four matches that they have met up, um, Mönchengladbach has won only once and has not won a game at home against Man City, losing one and drawing one. Seems like Marcus Turam will be the front runner for Mönchengladbach um, in this game, facing off against the favorite Kevin De Bruyne, sitting in the middle of the field and also sitting in the middle of their of their forward-moving attacking force. Now, Thuram has played um, all six games of the Champions League, scoring two and assisting four, which is very impressive when you look at it. But then Kevin has... Uh, has played only two of the Champions League games, um, two of the Champions League matchups with four assists. Now we know that that Kevin De Bruyne is one that could score and assist, but he's definitely one of those who's I call him the puppeteer. He's the playmaker there in the middle of the field who is able to get it out to to his teammates in order to make plays happen. Um, he is also calling a lot of the plays and orchestrating as much as he possibly can. Now, Tyler, what's your thoughts on this one? Oh, man. Uh, this, is, this is another one I, I feel bad for uh, Gladback. I really do. Coming into this matchup, Manchester City has not lost in their last 23 games in all competitions with their last loss happening November 21st to Tottenham where they lost 2 nothing. A lot of these are wins. The last one that wasn't a win, that was a tie, was against West Brom on December 15th. So they have won every single match that they've played since then. They're on fire. fire. <laughs> they have not only taken control of the Premier League, but I, I think that, honestly, uh, as, as good as Bayern can be, and they have a title to defend... Manchester City might be the team to beat in the, the tournament right now, given how they're playing coming into this. Uh, there's a player we're not, uh, we're not sure if he's going to get to play in this game uh, for Man City, uh, Gunduan. He is on fire. He scored his first goal in that tie on December 15th. And since then, uh, dating up till now, he is out with, an, with a uh, groin strain right now. Uh, missed the past two games, I believe, but he's scored 11 goals since December 15th. And that was from when he scored the first one of, of uh, this season. He's on fire. Uh, De Bruyne is coming back from an injury, which will just continue to fortify the, the, the center of that uh, team. Pep is coaching out of his mind right now. He, he was, seems to be the only coach which, I, which you can attribute to a lot of Man City's success, he's been resting his players all season. Mm -hmm. he, he has been giving them a rotation of games that they set out, of games that they play, of how much they play. And that is working in his favor right now because everyone seems on top of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone seems fit. 
which, you know, explains that they can still go on this run when a player like De Bruyne goes out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I was just looking at the, at the stats. Now, out of their past 15 games, um, they, well, they've won their, their past 15 games, but they have not been scored. No one has scored more than one goal against them um, over the past 15 games. Uh, for example, the they they beat most recently they beat Everton three to one. Um, when they went up against Swansea, that was uh, three to one. They went up against uh, Tottenham, that was three three zero. When they went up against Burnley, that was two to nothing. No team has scored more than a goal in left out, individual. Left out Liverpool. Oh, uh, Liverpool four to one. They 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 have the, speaks to, speaks to what what I'm talking about. Their defense seems to be solid. So. Um, Tyler, what's your prediction on this? Well, how much how much do you think they're gonna give to Mönchengladbach? How much do you think they're gonna take from Mönchengladbach? I I think, I mean, Mönchengladbach might might get one goal at home. I, I think that's another three one four one. Man City's not afraid. You know, the the there was a lot of talk uh, early in the season that they weren't scoring goals, and now they are. The team yeah. that every the the team that everyone was disappointed that they weren't has shown up and they are taking things by force. I don't think that they're going to overlook Mönchengladbach uh, at all because Pep's no. too good of a coach. Absolutely, won't, Pep won't let that happen. And I, I, I mean, I think that they make it easy for themselves when they get back, when they get back home. I, I, I see. Unfortunately, I see this one as a as another potential. I hate to use the word beat down, but I, 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 I think that they get through Mönchengladbach pretty easily. And I think whoever they play next should be very afraid. Yeah. I think it'd be so crazy I, if they got paired up with Bayern. That would, that would just blow my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that uh, if that, if that happens, it's going to squash the competition because Bayern Munich and Man City seem to be the best two teams in the Champions League right now. Um, they got to save some for, for PSG, but those are the top three teams for me. PSG, um, Bayern Munich, and Man City. But we have to give some respect to the boys in white over there in Madrid as they go up against Atalanta um, in Atalanta next, well, this, uh, this coming Wednesday um, this will be the first time that the, that the two clash. The Italians and the Spaniards have never met in the Champions League before. And even though the, the Italians are meeting the, the Spanish uh, team for the first time, they are not expected to lay down. Um, Atalanta has been showing great promise over this entire year, while Real Madrid has to shake off their current run of form where they have been up and down and are pretty banged up right now, sitting second in the La Liga so it seems like Real Madrid is into some real trouble um, coming into this matchup as they're missing a number of their players, which include their striker, um, Benzema, who could be back. He's just had a knock. Uh, you have also uh, players like uh, Mil- uh, Militao and uh, Valverde, Marcelo, which is a big blow. Hazard's a big blow. Rodrigo, Rodrigo a big blow. Cabral, a big blow. And Ramos, who is the centre-back of all centre-backs. I don't like Real Madrid at all, but I love Sergio Ramos. Tyler, what's your call for this one? You, you know, it was already an exciting matchup um, 
before reading off this murderer's row of injuries that uh, Real Madrid has, um, it's you 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 kept uh, naming off uh, name after name after name, and like you you your eyes just kind of get wider the 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 more you read off some of these names. It's it's almost unfortunate for Madrid. I'm I, you know I I know you're not a Madrid fan. I'm. I'm frankly surprised that they even made it to this point in, in the, <laughs> the, the tournament to, to begin with. And uh, the, this is tough, especially yeah. going against a, a hot Atalanta team. Um, yeah. The, this is It's, it's almost, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm fighting back laughter because <laughs> like it, it, it's almost sad at this point, how many players that they are missing. Oh my God. And I mean, the, but but this is the this is what makes the mark of a good team. Are they able to overcome these kind of things? And absolutely for for the longest time, you know, Liverpool actually looked like one of those teams. They had a ton of injuries with Van Dijk uh, being out, and uh, they lost a lot on that back line. Not just him, but uh, you know, they've been trading players in and out, and for a while they were making it work. And now it's come back to to haunt them. The the and that's resulting in a lot of the losses. And I think this is a this could be a real turning point for Real Madrid if they're able to overcome this away and not let Atalanta score a lot of goals and yeah. put themselves at a disadvantage when they end up back home. So it's it's definitely it's definitely one to watch. I do. Don't get me wrong. Atalanta is a scrappy team. This is not one. This is not one of those teams that will flare off and play the ball around. They are one that get physical. They get heavy hitting when they need to. Um, I see this in the same trend that we've seen all year from Real Madrid. I see this as a two-two draw. I don't think that any any team is going to get above the other. You know, I think that Atalanta is going to score first. Um, possibly second as well, and then Real Madrid will try to square their guns, and they're pretty good at doing that. They're pretty good at getting scrappy themselves, but their bodyguard is off the field with a torn meniscus, Tyler. A torn meniscus. They don't have Sergio Ramos to be the enforcer that they need to be physical. He has been one of the most physical center backs I've seen in my lifetime, and he's not big. He's He's not like He's not one of the bigger uh, center backs that you've seen, um, like Yapstam, who, who was a, an, well, not an enormous man, but he was just scrappy. This is what Sergio Ramos is. He's just a scrappy young, well, he's not young anymore, but he's young <laughs> in my mind. He's a scrappy young center back who is willing to take on anyone and is not afraid to get the cards to show it. So that's, that's my prediction. Two, two going home against Atalanta. I'll do you one better. I, I, I'm with you that this ends in a tie. I don't know that it's 2-2, but I think that this ends in a tie. And I think when they go back, I think that also ends in a tie. And this comes down to PKs. Ah. 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 I, think this, I think this is the first matchup that comes down to extra. Well, then it's got to be 1-1 one, one, or 3-3 three, three, because if it's going down PKs, and the next one, uh, then you know, then more than likely Atalanta will go through because once they score the the away goal, and it's a draw over there, Atalanta goes through. 
whoever scores more away goals on the next leg, they're they're gonna go through. Unless it's it's a it's it could be like no, 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 because it's got they gotta have goals on both sides. It needs to be either one one and one one on the second leg, or it, it has to come down something like that because there's there's no way um the away goals will take over. The away the the away goals will take over. You 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 wanted bold predictions. I saved one for last. You did. You did. You I, did. I think that, that, I think that this series ends in PKs. Wow, Tyler, that's a bold prediction. You know the the probability of these games going to PKs is is slim to be either, slim slim to none. <laughs> oh my goodness, Tyler, what are you doing me? What are you doing to me at this hour? All right, guys, um, that's been our show. That's been our show. Did you enjoy it? I hope you did. And if you did, please leave a like, comment, share, drop something. We have a social media page on the Facebook. Yes, I said the Facebook as if I'm 63 years old and it's the first time I'm seeing the internet, but I like calling it the Facebook because it's fun. Tyler, I've enjoyed my time that I've spent with you today talking about the greatest game, the greatest game in the world that the world has ever seen, the greatest game, the beautiful game according to most, and I will blow my final whistle. That's been Stop It.